Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, um, family. I'm glad that we can be together once again on this online platform. And just before we start this morning, um, I have two special announcements to make. One is that this coming week is the last week of our um, prayer evening. So prayer and fast, this is the last week. So join us in the evening at half past five as we are praying together corporately as a spiritual family. And try to make it at least once or twice or three times a week just to come together and pray as a spiritual family. May you also persevere through this last week um, as we are fasting. Then secondly, this coming Saturday, the 30th of January, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., we're having a prayer walk um, where we would all come together at Every Nation Dorado and then from here going into um, this neighborhood and just going about praying and, and trusting God um, for this neighborhood as we set ourselves um, to start this year off strongly. So with all that said, um, we are continuing this morning our Awesome God series, and we are in week four of our Awesome God series. And this, um, last week we spoke about Al Roy, the Lord who sees, and, and Pastor Hilma shared with us that message, and what a wonderful message it was, the Lord who sees. God sees us. There's nothing hidden from His sight. He sees us. Um, there is no a category or, or people group that you need to be in for God to see you or recognize you, but every everybody gets recognized by God. Um, this week specifically, we're going to look at Jehovah Jireh, and that means the Lord my provider or my provider. And so this morning we're going to look at a, a fairly lengthy uh, passage of scripture, but I want you to open your Bibles, wherever you may find yourself, either your physical Bible or the Bible on your phone, but open it at Genesis 22, um, verse 1 to 19. So Genesis 22, verse 1 to 19, 19, and it reads as follows. After these things, God tested Abram and said to him, Abram, and he said, here I am. Send, uh, he said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his, and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering, arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abram lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abram said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and will come again to you. And Abram took the wood and the burnt offering and, 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 and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abram, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, 
Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order to bound Isaac, his son, and lay him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham um, reached out to his, his hand and took the knife and slaughtered it, or to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him um, from heaven and said, Abraham. And, and he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by, by the horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall, um, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, um, By myself I have sworn that lest the Lord, because you have done this, and I have not withheld, and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. I'll surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand and the seashore. And, and, and your offspring shall um, possess the gate of his enemies. And, and when your offspring, and when your offspring shall all the nations, um, of, uh, of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham lived. At Beersheba. And so this is quite a, a, a passage of scripture, but this is giving us, it helps us to, to give context to the, to the message that's coming. It's helping to, to paint the picture of what we're going to, um, see out of this passage. And verse one, right in verse one, it, it, there's a couple of words that we got to note. And th- the first question we ask ourselves, what was the test that God gave Abraham. What, what did God actually test him? What was, what was happening here? What was the meaning of this test? And it gives us three important words. It says, after these things. Firstly, it says, after these things, indicating that there was previous things. And what we are possibly reading is that the previous things was the fact that Ishmael and Hagar had to be sent off because um, Isaac's uh, Abraham's wife Sarah wasn't too happy with them, so he told Abraham to send them off. So imagine Abraham just had to send his other son off because his wife wasn't too happy with that with them. And then it says, and God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. So God goes on and tests Abraham. In other words, God was trying Abraham. And what we can learn from the, from, from this first verse already is that just because we have faced trials or many trials in our lives doesn't mean we are secured from future trials. So just because last week you went through something doesn't mean this week nothing will come. 
And so in the same way uh, as Abraham, Abraham just went through a time where he had to send off his son Ishmael and, 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 his, and, and, and the servant Hagar, and it said it was displeasing to Abraham. That didn't, that didn't secure future testing or future exempting from testing. And so God continues here to test Abraham, and Abraham's response is quite significant. He says, here I am. Here I am. It's noteworthy to say that Abraham was attentive to the voice of God. He knew when God was calling and he responded to what, when God was calling to him. And Abraham, um, and the test that Abraham was given was this. And he said, take your son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall tell you. And so this is Abraham's son, your only son. It's because Ishmael was sent away. So currently in his household, there's only one son, and that's Isaac that was present with him. And obviously from Scripture, we see that God noticed that Abraham loved Isaac. And it might be be because he waited long for Isaac. And secondly, because this is the promise. This is the heir of the of the household this is the one that will take um abram's uh legacy forward and god asked him to sacrifice isaac as a burnt offering a burnt offering was meaning you sacrifice the whole thing when they put a lamb they'll sacrifice the whole lamb the whole lamb goes onto the fire and it's and it was sacrificed and abram responds like this so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. So imagine this, God is calling to Abraham. He gives him a test and Abraham wakes up early in the morning and goes and executes what God um, instructed Abraham to do. And I am not so sure what must have gone on in Abraham's mind. I don't know what Abraham told his wife that what God had just told him, that I have to go tomorrow and I'm going to take our one and only son and we're going to sacrifice him as a burnt offering. And so I, we, we oftenly read this story with just knowing it points to the cross, but there's so much emotion. There's so much what's going on in this passage. Cause imagine God calling to you and asking you to do something as big as this. And, and this was in the midst, or this was just a couple of chapters earlier in chapter 12. Um, Abraham received the promise. That, he, that his own, very own son will be the heir of his own household. And so I don't, I don't know what was going on in Abraham's mind thinking, but, but Lord, is this not my son? Is this not the one who's supposed to rule? And now you're asking me to sacrifice him to, as a burnt offering. And Hebrews 11 verse 17 to 18 affirms this. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his only son 
of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And so this might have been a confusing time even for Abraham, but even in the midst of that, Abraham um, moves forward with um, this command of God. And what we can learn and ask ourselves from this is are we ready to respond to God's call in the same way Abraham did? Are we ready to do that? And, and, and your answer might be yes. But I, I am so assured that in this time and, and, and the way we, especially our modern readers, we would have a quite a conditional or an unconditional response when God speaks to us. And we, we do that with God even at this moment. So, um, if you have ever noticed when, when someone asks you and says, would you do me a favor? And then you tell them, it depends on what you're going to ask me. And so what we do in that moment is we're waiting to see if we'll do this or not, depending on what the ask was. But when we look at Abraham's life, Abraham said, here I am. And then God gives him one hectic of a test and he still rises early in the morning and goes and executes what God has asked him. And what will determine whether we have an unconditional or a conditional response to God's commandments or things that God asks us, whether it's through the word of God or whether it's God speaking personally to our heart that is asking us to do things, what will determine whether we respond conditionally or unconditionally is our view of God. It's how we view God. It's what we know about God that will determine whether or how we will respond to the commands of God. And we see this in Abraham's life. And Hebrews 11 verse 9 affirms that. But some of you might even question, why testing at all? Why, why would God test us at all? Why, why would a good and loving God that claims to love his people want to put people to the test? Why did God put Abraham to the test? It wasn't just to see how Abraham would respond, even though his response is noteworthy. It is amazing how Abraham responded in this moment. But there's two reasons, two reasons God tests his people. Here's the first one. It reveals to us something about ourselves. When God puts a test on our life, it reveals something about ourselves. And secondly, it reveals something to us about God. And let's, let's take a moment to look. What did it reveal to Abraham about himself? And what did it reveal to Abraham about God? Firstly, what did it reveal to Abraham about himself? It revealed Abraham's faith in God. Look at verse 5, 7, and 8. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. 
Abraham is speaking like we are going to the mountain where Isaac has to be sacrificed, but he's already speaking like we will return. We will return to you. So this was an indication of the faith of Abraham. And in verse 7, And Isaac said to his father, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself. Once again, an indication of faith is that God is going to do it. God has to do it. I don't know what's going to happen, but God will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And so they went, both of them, together. And so firstly, when Abraham was tested, we see that um, Abraham's faith was on display. Abraham had faith in God because he first said, we're going to come back together. Isaac, and you guys wait here. And then secondly, he says, God is going to provide a lamb. And we don't know how. And so remember, earlier I spoke about our response to God is based on our view of God. And when Abraham said, we will come together and the Lord will provide a lamb, Hebrews 11 verse 19 says this to us, consider that God was, uh, he considered, Abraham considered that God was able, able to even to raise Isaac from the dead. So, Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, but convinced in his heart that God will wake him up like he's just sleeping. And so that gave us a display of how Abraham, how Abraham viewed God, that God is the God of impossible. God can do anything that he wants to. And that indicated Abraham's faith and his faith was approved by his actions. The New Testament says it was counted to him as righteousness when his, um, his, his acts, his, his deeds perfected his, his faith because he responded to God. Secondly, what the test God put Abraham through revealed to Abraham about himself was this. And he said, the angel said and said, do not lay your hand on the boy or, or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Secondly, what was revealed to Abraham, that there's a fear of God upon his life. And so when God called to Abraham to test him, Abraham knew who was speaking to him. Abraham didn't need to weigh up and say, tell me first and I'll choose whether I'll do this or not. Abraham knew it's the God of heaven and earth. It's the almighty, the everlasting God that is giving him this command and he's speaking. The fear of the Lord is not a scaredness, but it's being awe of who God is. And so Abraham Actions revealed that there was fear of God on his life. And what did it reveal to Abraham about God? Verse 13 says to us, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. And so as uh, as Abraham was going through this test, God reveals this nature of him that the Lord will provide. 
And that's exactly the same upon our lives. It's when God tests us, it's first to show us. God doesn't play games with us. God wants to test us, to show us what's going on inside of us. And whether it's faith in God and whether it's a healthy fear of God or whether it's our sinfulness, our depravity, the, the, our need for God, but God wants to expose because we are often so unaware of what's going on inside of us. And even if you think of writing a test, and whether one is in school or university, wherever you might write a test, the test was written so that your knowledge was on display, so that there's a self-examination of what you can remember or what you got to put down on paper. And in the same way, when God tests us, it examines ourselves. It shows us about ourselves so that areas where we are in fear and faith of God, we, we praise and we thank God for them. But in those areas where we are falling short and missing the point that we can repent and turn back to God. But it also reveals to us about God. And you can affirm this in your life. Whenever you've gone through a test, you might have had moments where you think, yes, God came through provision or God came through with peace or God came through with his sovereignty, whatever it might be. But the nature of God gets revealed while we get tested. And so one portion of this passage teaches us that God tests people. And he tests us not to fail us. It's way different than temptation. Temptation is for you to fail. Testing is for you to succeed. It's an opportunity of growth for you to be sharpened and look more like Christ. And the second half of this portion of Scripture talks to us about a future sacrifice that has to come into play. And verse 4 starts it off. It says, On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. So while Abraham was going about this command that God has given him, they went about a two-day journey. So it required about two days to move from Beersheba to Jerusalem where the mount is, where Abraham was going to sacrifice. This was about a 72-kilometer journey that they had to go on. But there was always something special in Scripture about the third day. And here are two passages that affirms this. Exodus 19 verse 10 to 11 says this, The Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. So here's one place where we see the third day is important. And then Matthew 16 verse 21 says, for, for that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And so even in Abraham's journey as he lifted his head, on the third day, seeing the place where they're going to sacrifice, it knew it's often a time where God was coming to encounter his people. It was that moment where Jesus died. It was that moment when God came down on Mount Sinai. In this moment where God met Abraham on the mount, where God wanted him to sacrifice. And that was on the third day. And after Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place, he told his men, Stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and we'll worship and we'll come back. 
You see what it was involved and, and uh, they continue. And so as they're preparing to continue, they're leaving the donkey behind and the two men. It says, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand and the fire and the knife. And so both of them went together. See the picture of Abraham laying the wood on Isaac is a, is a picture of Christ carrying the cross. It was the son carrying the cross, the one and only son, the son whom God loves carried the cross, the cross that we should have carried. The, the, the sin we should have paid for, the judgment that we should have faced was now placed on Jesus. In the same way the wood was placed on Isaac, the wood that should have been placed on us. But now Jesus comes and this was a representation even from Genesis speaking of the coming Messiah that's going to be one, a son, a one and only son whom is loved. And, and wood, a cross was going to be upon him and he was going to die for the people's sin. And it was on that mountain when Abram was about to, 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 Abram didn't yet lay Isaac on the burnt offering. It was, it was, he was, he was about to do it. And that's the moment. And Isaac said to his father, Abram, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? For a burnt offering. And Abraham said, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering, my son. You see, Isaac um, was substituted. This is where the substitutionary offering was introduced. That Isaac was supposed to be, that was the command, or that was the idea, is that Isaac would have been uh, uh, sacrificed, but instead a ram was sacrificed. You see, Jesus... Uh, we were the substitution. We were the, uh, we were supposed to be the offering. We were supposed to take our sin. We were supposed to stand at the judgment day. But instead, Jesus comes and he takes the, our place that we should have taken. And so this, this, this story of Abraham and Isaac is not only a story of testing, but a story that showed us that one day there's going to come a time where a, a father is going to give his one and only son to come and be an offering so that the nations can be impacted. And it was only at this moment when, when, when Isaac, when Abram was about to sacrifice Isaac and, 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 and the angel said to him, don't lay a hand on him. I see you'll do it. And Abram finds a ram. It was right after that when the angel called to him a second time. And it says, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I've sworn that declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the uh, sand that is in the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And when your, and, and when your offspring shall all the enemies of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. 
and see that it was right after this moment where I, Abraham wanted to sacrifice Isaac, but instead sacrifices the lamb, that the, the, the promise or the covenant that God made with Abraham, he reinstates it. He puts it in front of him again. And this is a call that what Jesus did for us wasn't just for a moment. It wasn't just for a, a, a specific people, a specific time, but it says in him, and this was in Abraham, but eventually it was in Jesus. In him, the nations shall be blessed. And so not only does Jesus provide our deepest need, which is our sin, to come and make reconciliation for that, but now he provides us, he provides um, in our daily lives so that we can go and bring the good news to people. See, if, 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 if God was able to send His Son, whom He loved so much, providing that type of sacrifice to us as His children, how much more can He provide our daily needs? How much more can we approach Him with confidence of the smallest needs in our lives? How much more, if He was willing to give up His Son, He was willing to give up so much, how much more? And so may we be people that does not resist the tests of God, but rather embrace them to learn about what's going on inside of us. And secondly, is that God reveals himself more and more through our suffering or through our trials. And secondly, may we be a blessing to the nations, to the people of the city, our neighborhoods, our workplaces. Because God's sacrifice, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross enabled that everybody can enter into a covenant with Him when we repent and put our faith in Him. And so I want to close with this, just reminding us that God tests us not for our failure, but to grow us and to make us more like Him and to reveal His nature to us. And secondly, as we see with the story of Abraham, as we trust God, as we put our faith in God, as we fear God and do what He commands us, God will provide for our situations. If He was willing to give up His only Son, oh, how is He not willing to provide for our daily needs? We can ask Him whatever we wish, as His Word says, and He'll give it to us. Not out of selfish ambition, but because He's our Father and He wants to give us our daily needs. And so may we also keep putting our faith in Jesus, that He was the sacrifice once and for all. And this was merely a picture of what is yet to come. And it's in Jesus that the nations are blessed. It is in Jesus that the picture of Revelation 7 verse 9, that the, that the multitude that cannot be counted of all tribes and all languages and all cultures will stand before the throne and worship God. It is in Jesus that it's made possible. This passage invites us to get onto the mission with God. It invites us that God doesn't only provide so that we can acquire wealth, but is that we can use it to reach the nations, that we can use it to see nations, languages, tribes, and cultures come to the knowledge of who Jesus is. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you as we could gather this morning about your word. 
Lord, help us to embrace testing trials of our lives. Lord, not just questioning you for why you do it, but asking you, Lord, what are you doing? What are you revealing? What are you showing in our hearts to us? Lord, also give us revelation of who you are through our lives and through testings on our lives. Lord, as, as this story shows us that one day there's going to be a son whom you love that you gave, and now we know that was Jesus. The one, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that you came to be a sacrifice for once and for all. And it's through you that we inherit the promise. It is through you, Jesus, that we are blessed. And it's through you that we call the nations to come into relationship with you. God, I pray that we will be a people that get on board with your mission to go and spread your gospel to the whole earth, to this city, to this neighborhood, to wherever we may find ourselves. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I'm glad that you could join us this morning and may you enjoy the rest of our Sunday and see you next week. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.